Hey guys, Hope here, and welcome back to a new episode of Hurricane Hope. Thank you guys so much for being here. I hope you guys are staying healthy. I hope you guys are staying safe. And I'm super excited. I, I keep using that dumb word, excited, but I'll say stoked. I'm stoked um, to be doing another episode this week because I'm going to do episodes every Wednesday, and I'm going to hold myself to it because I've had extreme issues in the last year trying to you know, like stay on a regular schedule for this, but, um, I'm really going to try this time to do (laughs) once a week. And then once I know I can do once a week, maybe do twice a week, but let me take a deep breath. So hope you guys are doing well. Um, I'm, I was just going to use the word excited again, but, um, yeah, it's a rough, it's a really rough time that we're all living in. I hope that Um, you know, wherever you guys are across the world, across the United States, wherever you are, you're staying safe and staying inside if you can and just doing what you're supposed to, please wear a mask, but I won't get into that in this episode. Um, so this episode, uh, before I get into it, um, just a heads up, my throat is really bothering me. I don't know if I have like a sinus infection. I'm pretty sure I do. I'm going to the doctor here in a few hours, but I actually got tested twice for covid over the last uh, four or five days, I got tested on 4th of July because I wasn't feeling well and I wanted to make sure it wasn't COVID because those who know me know I have like crazy hypochondria and I was really starting to freak out. So I came back negative and then I still wasn't feeling well yesterday. So I went and got tested again. I waited in my car for two hours to get tested. It was insane because during the first test, I waited for like 10 minutes this time I waited for two hours, got the test, and it also came back negative. So I definitely don't have COVID, which is great. Um, I think it's just like a really bad allergy response that turned into a sinus infection. But so my throat's a little, little funky, but it's all good. So if you hear me like swallowing, it's because I'm swallowing like a waterfall of mucus. Sorry for the visual. But anyway, so uh, if you can go get tested, like it really is very quick. It's very easy. I got the rapid test. Uh, which is not the one that goes up to your, like, brain. It stays in the nose. It's a little uncomfortable, for sure, but it's nothing. It goes, uh, you know, like, three-quarters of the way up your nose, and they do a few seconds in each nostril, and then you're good to go. It takes, like, ten seconds. But, yeah, it was very easy, and they were very safe about the whole thing, which I really appreciated. You waited in your car, and then when it was your turn, you pulled your car up to the testing tent, and then you, um, they're in like full gear, um, to protect themselves and you have to keep your mask on until you actually do the test. They take your temperature. They ask you a bunch of questions like, have you traveled? Have you been around anyone who's been sick? You know, X, Y, and Z. And then they just have you keep your mask on, but you just pull it down under your nose. Like 90% of people are fucking wearing it nowadays. And they just do the you know, the nasal swab really quick and it's, it's very simple. So the rapid test, uh, comes back in 15 minutes. They call you if it's positive, if it's negative, they don't call you at all. So, um, so that's very easy. And then they also put your results like up online later that day. Um, so you can just like see for yourself. So yeah, it was very, very easy. I'm still not feeling well. So I'm going to go try and get some antibiotics, I think, because I have so much mucus in my face. It's disgusting, but I still wanted to do this episode because I wrote out an idea that I really liked. So, um, so, so let's dive into it. So today I'm going to talk about something that, again, I really have never talked about before. And I think the whole point of this podcast, as I'm realizing it, doing it more regularly is that 
this is really an outlet where I can talk about stuff that I've never spoken about, you know, that stuff that I wouldn't talk about on social media or stuff that, you know, I, I wrote about in my book, but I've never talked about out loud except in therapy. So I've kind of really focused this on music and mental health. I'm sorry if you can hear the dog in the back, but, um, and kind of like, you know, go back and forth between topics related to both of them, if you will. So the dog is like going crazy. Anyway, I didn't know my roommate was home. Anyway, so, um, so I want to talk about how the body processes trauma and, this is kind of like a very interesting, um, a very interesting topic, if you will, because, you know, when you think about the body processing trauma, it kind of, you think about mental at first, um, and not physical, but there's a diagnosis that kind of relates right back to this. That's called fibromyalgia. This dog is like going crazy, um, called fibromyalgia, which I was diagnosed with in 2017. And it's not something that I talk about for a bunch of reasons. A, because fibromyalgia is considered to be or perceived to be a quote-unquote invisible illness. It's very, very difficult to diagnose fibromyalgia. And essentially, you diagnose it by process of elimination. So you eliminate every other possibility before you're able to say, okay, this is fibromyalgia. And B, because it's just like a super debated topic. You know, the body processes trauma in a lot of different ways. A lot of people who have traumatic experiences, um, you know, they'll experience PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, which is very easily diagnosed, um, you know, by healthcare professionals. But uh, the body can process trauma in a lot of different ways. And in my case, my body physically processes mental trauma. So I want to kind of talk about that and talk about what that means, how it happens, and etc. So yeah, so I have fibromyalgia. Um, it's kind of embarrassing because like I said, it's an invisible illness, but, um, it's very, very real. And so basically fibromyalgia is categorized, um, and diagnosed and described as widespread pain across certain points of your body. Um, so the way you diagnose fibromyalgia after doing a bunch of blood tests, a lot of people think that, um, it's like an autoimmune disease like lupus or something like that. So what rheumatologists do is diagnose it by doing a blood panel to make sure that your thyroid and um, other parts of your body are okay. Um, but they really focus on the thyroid to make sure it's not overactive or underactive. And they also rule out lupus and arthritis. So once they know that it's not any of those things, which was the case for me, all my blood work came back extremely normal a few years ago in 2017 when I was diagnosed. Um, then they test trigger points. So if you look up like fibromyalgia trigger points on Google or whatever, you'll see a chart with a human standing uh, usually face back and they'll, you'll see circles on different points of their body and they're like opposite each other. So you'll see two on the upper neck, like in the base of the skull. You'll see two on the lower part of the neck, the shoulders uh, right above your butt, right under it, um, your knees, your elbows, and I think your ankle joints, I'm not positive about that one though. And that's kind of how they, um, how they confirm that it's fibro. So if you have pain in X amount of those parts, they'll be like, okay, it's, it's probably fibromyalgia if it's nothing else. So those trigger points are really important. For me, I have trigger points in a couple areas of my body. I have my base of my skull, which is the worst. I have right underneath it, lower neck. Uh, upper shoulders. I have my inner knees and those are my primary points. And I also can get um, 
lower lower back right above the butt as well but that's not really as prevalent but it's also like a widespread pain so for example um there's various symptoms of fibromyalgia and i'll explain why fibromyalgia relates to how the body processes trauma in a second but i want to kind of delve into what it is first um so i'm not talking about something that makes no sense various symptoms of it besides the widespread pain um ibs which i have don't need to give you more information about that um overall muscle tension my neck is like a is like a fucking rock um it's really bad it's literally like a rock and it's always just like tight and painful uh sleep issues having trouble staying awake because your body hurts you're stressed uh, you feel anxious that kind of thing anxiety and depression almost always links into fibromyalgia and that's where the body processing trauma comes in in one second um, and then what's called fibro fog, which I have had over the last um, three or four years. Um, growing up, I never had any memory issues. I can remember songs that, you know, I heard 20 years ago, remember all the lyrics. I would remember dance choreography left and right. Um, but as I experienced more trauma in my life, I started to get what's called fibro fog, where I have, you know, memory loss, um, can't remember certain things. It's not bad, but I definitely... Um, it's definitely been brought to my attention a couple times by different people, especially my boyfriend, that I forget things, like very, very simple things. So those are some of the symptoms. If you look at a chart, you'll see like a lot of different symptoms. Um, and it's it's really called the invisible illness because you're, you have all these symptoms, but you can't diagnose it as one thing. So you kind of have to treat the individual symptoms, which is really annoying. Um, but it's also kind of a thing where, okay, if you test negative for everything else, um, you have to kind of just accept that, yeah, it's fibromyalgia. What is the cause of it? So a lot of people think that there's a lot of different causes for fibromyalgia. Um, and the main one and the reason why doctors think that I have fibromyalgia is because of trauma. So that's kind of what, um, what the root of this, this episode is going to be about. So I found out that my fibro relates to trauma or was more than likely triggered by trauma. Um, by the rheumatologist a couple years ago. I was referred to one because I was in pain nonstop and nobody could really figure out why. And it was kind of embarrassing because I would tell people that I was in pain and no, it's not that nobody would believe me. It's that everyone was just kind of like, well, what is it if we can't figure out a diagnosis? Like I have very bad anxiety. Everyone in the world knows this. Um, and also cyclical depression. So it's like, what is the cause of your pain? Um, is it related to these things? Um, so they sent me to a rheumatologist and like I said, they did the blood tests. I got tested for like literally everything under the sun and my blood work was completely normal. Like on paper, I'm a perfectly healthy girl except for having asthma, allergies, and anxiety. So, um, but you know, I've never had any like, you know, any real serious illness, so to speak. So, um... So I actually had found fibro online when I was looking up my symptoms, um, which I know I'm not really supposed to do, but I was looking them up and I was like, oh, what is this? Like fibromyalgia. I'd heard of it on commercials before, but I'd never really like looked into what it was. And this was when I was living, when I first moved to New York and I was really, really feeling grief from my dad's passing. Like it was really just kicking in. And it had been like a year, year and a half since he had passed. I had suppressed the grief for a really long time. And it was just now starting to boil to the surface. I couldn't control it anymore. 
And at the same time, as it started to boil up, my body started freaking out. And it was very strange because I had never had IBS. I had never really, I had, I'd had muscle pain, but like not, not to this extent. Like it was really bad. And I would just be like laying on my floor crying because I didn't feel well nonstop. So they referred me to the rheumatologist. I brought all of this up to them, told them what had happened to my dad. And they like get a full timeline from you of your life kind of. And so did my therapist. But um, I wasn't in therapy at that time. I told my therapist, uh, I think I got into therapy with the current therapist that I have. Uh, It was a few months after that. I've been with him for like over three years at this point. But so, um, so when they diagnosed me, they put me on an antidepressant and I was like, why? It's a, it's pain. Like I'm feeling pain. And they told me that fibro, they don't know an exact cause of fibromyalgia, but it's, it's like people really think that it's related to trauma. And that's kind of when I was like, I wasn't angry, but I was really frustrated because I was like, is this going to affect me in every way for my entire life? Like, is my body going to be forever screwed because of the certain traumatic experiences that I've had? I've had a good handful of them, Um, you know, primarily my father, but there were other ones that I had when I was a kid that are not good. um, So I don't really want to bring those up here. But, you know, I just got really frustrated because I was like, okay, this illness is basically invisible. You can't diagnose it on a test. So how am I supposed to fix it? And the doctor told me something that honestly really pissed me off. And he said, you have to fix the mental part of it first and then your body will heal. And I was like, are you kidding me? Um, I was really, really angry because I wasn't ready to confront that, that particular trauma yet. And he said, once the mind heals, the body heals. And that really, really hit home for me. Once the mind heals the body heals. And I was like, oh my God, I get it now. This is how fibro affects the body. So does that make it an anxiety disorder? Does that make it a mental illness? Does that make it a, a musculo, a mus- muscle, skeletal, whatever you want to call it, disorder paired with an anxiety disorder? Like what is it then? And I started doing a lot of research and reading a lot of articles, like medical journal articles about fibro and thinking about my trigger points. And I realized that the trigger points are where I store anger, grief, um, depression, anxiety, anything from that trauma, I store it in those trigger points. And that's how the body processes it. So I realized that for me personally, my brain, which is already chemically imbalanced due to genetics on my dad's side, my already chemically imbalanced brain processes mental trauma as physical pain. And that revelation was mind-blowing to me. And I was like, holy shit. So if I heal my body mentally, will my body physically feel better? Will the muscle tension go away? Will the IBS go away? Will the chest pain that kind of feels like a heart attack but is actually nothing go away? Because the chest pain that I sometimes get is related to anxiety, which is related to fibro, which is related to trauma. So you see, it's like a big web 
of connections. And my God, this was like a revolutionary thing for me. I will get these headaches when I'm stressed or anxious or when I think about something that has to do with a trauma and my body will just like tighten up to the point where like I can't move or my stomach will start acting up and I think okay well I have IBS when I'm anxious like I have a very anxious stomach so if I'm anxious my stomach is reacting but also when I'm thinking about you know grief or pain or something that has traumatized me guess what starts acting up my stomach so it really is a big web and I was like okay so that means that this is really caused by anxiety and it's kind of like it's it's kind of I hate to use the word frustrating again but something that's always really not infuriated but I'll just say frustrated me over the years is that there are many symptoms that I've had for different things and I'll think that I have x y and z I'll go to the doctor they'll test me for whatever everything will come back normal and I'll be like well what is it and it's anxiety So with fibro, it's anxiety, but the anxiety is actually causing something. It's not the anxiety doing it. The anxiety is causing X, Y, and Z to happen in my body. So my brain, again, processes mental trauma as actual pain in certain spots of my body. And the pain is held in those trigger points that they use as their, you know, like fibro diagnosable scale. So the way I see it and something that I read that I think is really important is that when you're anxious, you're also very hypersensitive. You're hyper aware of your body. You know everything that's going on. You know exactly what is what because you're anxious about it. You're always worrying. So, you know, I know if I if I start to even feel a little warm, I'm like, fuck, I have a fever. I'll get out my thermometer, take my temperature. I'm like very hypersensitive about it. And it's because my thoughts don't stop no matter what I do. My thoughts like don't stop running. Um... So that could relate to fibro too, is like being anxious and hypersensitive. You're more aware of your body. So if something even hurts slightly, you're aware of it right away. And I really do believe that you can manifest more pain by thinking about it and putting your energy there. Um, But it's really hard when you have a difficult time like redirecting, you know, your thoughts away from that little pain. Because, you know, the way I see it is like, so my main trauma, obviously, is my dad, um, you know, having stage four lung and brain cancer and passing uh, five and a half years ago at this point, which makes me freak out that it was that long ago. But that is the biggest trauma that I've experienced in my life. And since it relates to illness and sickness, and he passed from a very, um, a very, one of the worst prognoses anyone could get really, um, you know, I think about that and I'm like, okay, well, his his passing related to sickness. So of course I'm going to be anxious about illness. And of course I'm going to be a hypochondriac. Of course my body is going to hold in this grief. And of course my brain is going to take it out on my body. It locks in, you know, it makes sense. And I think everybody processes trauma differently, but every body, like every person's body is going to really feel it in different ways. They could feel it mentally and just have anxiety they could also feel it physically in certain muscles they could feel it in their stomach they could feel it in their head um you know my boyfriend when he gets very stressed out it triggers migraines for him so he has to be careful of um you know 
of his stress levels and just be mindful of it and you know know when it's coming on and have to he has to really try to contain his stress so it's really interesting how the brain can process these kinds of things and what the brain will tell you like it's it's so weird to me because so for example like Lady Gaga, she's been very vocal about her fibromyalgia, which I really appreciate because I only know one other person who has fibro um, personally, and then I know one celebrity who has it, which is Gaga, and she talked about it a lot in this documentary she did on Netflix, I think it was like two or three years ago, called Five Foot Two, and you see her in like these ice baths and wrapped in like heating packs at a certain point, I think, and her getting injections at the doctor like for her pain. Mine isn't that severe, but like I, f- I watched it and I was like, oh my God, it's, it's insane to see this on a screen because you never see anybody talking about fibro. And then she also did a, an interview about um, her new album, Chromatica, where she talks about the fibro too. And she was saying exactly what I feel about how her brain processes excuse me, mental trauma as pain. And I was like, holy shit. So it's not, it it is an invisible illness, but it does exist. And it is there across a lot of people. And it is hard to diagnose and it is a process of elimination kind of thing. But it's just like, it really boils down to the brain and how hyperactive the brain can be and how it can trick us. I always feel like my brain is out to trick me and everybody for that matter, because the brain is like such a complex, unexplored part of our bodies. Doctors still don't know a lot about the brain. But everybody processes trauma differently and every body processes trauma differently, whether it stays mental or it doesn't really affect them or they keep it in or it spreads to their body. So if you look at like an invisible scan, if someone were, if there was like a scan available for fibro and parts of your body lit up where your trauma was sitting, it would sit in my neck and it would sit in my knees and it would sit in my lower back and sometimes my elbows, and sometimes my hands, you know, Um, so I don't know, there's no blood test you can take to be diagnosed with fibro, and there's no, um, there's no blood test you can take to be diagnosed with PTSD, or anxiety, or depression, it's all, you know, it's all symptomatic, and, and what the doctors see, and I'm very thankful that I was introduced to fibro a few years ago because although it's very frustrating, I know that it's not me like going crazy and that's something that I've really struggled with over the years is feeling like other people will think I'm crazy if I tell them, oh my god, my body hurts because, you know, because of X, Y, and Z and it's not crazy, it's it's a real thing and it's a, you know, something that your brain is telling you. It has to do with, like, the nerve endings and the way your brain is communicating to the rest of your body that you're grieving or that you're traumatized, you know? And I wish that I was kind of more into, like, the medical side of it and able to understand more of it and research more of it, but I'm not. So I can only really base my thoughts and my opinions on, A, how I feel, and B, what I read in these medical journals as I do more Um, you know, more research about how the brain perceives trauma and pain. That's really it. It's the brain perceiving your trauma. How is it going to perceive it? You can't choose it. Your brain's going to do it for you. So, I mean, you know, it boils down to anxiety, being hyper-aware, being hypersensitive, overthinking. Um, But I think a lot of it is out of our control. 
I think a lot of it is just the brain's going to do what it wants and it's kind of their choice and I kind of see the brain as like a separate entity because I'm not choosing um, to have this pain across my body. Some days it's worse. Um, Fibromyalgia has flare-ups so there are some days where it will be really bad and I will have like the worst headache ever and my neck will be like rocks and my boyfriend will be like please rub my neck like I feel like it's broken and he'll touch it and he'll be like holy shit you have knots like all in your neck up to your like base of your skull and other days it's not so bad so you know it's really um a day by day kind of thing it's kind of like well my brain's saying like oh well I want to I want to make you feel it today (laughs) and then the next day all right I'll give you a break you know um so it's really a thing that you can only treat symptoms cold therapy really helps me a lot so I have like these facial ice packs that I use and heat therapy also helps a lot for the muscles in my neck. So I use that a ton. Um, I try to only use Advil when I really, really need it. Like I can deal with body pain for the most part, but if it's a headache that's lasting for like three days during a flare, then I need to take Advil and sometimes it doesn't even work. But, um, but you know, it's, it's uh, the antidepressants that they gave me a few years ago made me very sick. So I'm actually not on any antidepressants. I haven't been in about uh, close to, uh, it's been three and a half years at this point, so I haven't been on any in a while. Um, I do go to therapy. I have therapy in like two hours with my man, John. He's been my therapist for a while. That's where the Vista song, Dear John, came from, fun fact. But um, yeah, it's it's all about maintenance and how you choose to maintain it and what works for you. So yeah, um, that's really all I have on it. It's just uh, fibromyalgia is very difficult and it's difficult to um, define, diagnose, it's difficult to find a cause. Doctors don't really know exactly what caused it, but they think it's caused by like a myriad of things, this being one of them. And a lot of doctors are in agreement that it is the brain and the brain processing, you know, different things and how it processes it. And that's what causes the pain. It like radiates down your body. I hope that one day they have a definitive cause. Um, so there can be a treatment specific for fibromyalgia. But, um, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do. You can get um, Botox, you can get acupuncture. A chiropractor really, really, really helps me. I haven't been able to get an adjustment in months because of COVID, but um, I can't wait to go because when they reset my neck, it relieves like all the pressure off of the muscles and the bones and the joints and stuff. So um, so that really helps. But you know, it's kind of just, you got to treat your symptoms as they are. Everybody has different. If you look at a chart of fibro symptoms, you'll be like, holy shit, look at this wide range of symptoms. How the hell would you even begin to treat this? It's all symptomatic. So you have to treat each symptom like as they come. So yeah, um, if anybody has an experience similar to this, or if you have a way that your, uh, your body processes trauma, then I would love to hear about it if you're willing to share. And I hope that this was um, something that you could relate to or something interesting. And I kind of like jumping back and forth between like a music episode and then a mental health episode. And like, it's, it's just interesting because I'm super invested in my own mental health because, you know, I was diagnosed with GAD and PTSD when I was eight. I was in third grade and this wasn't a conversation then. There was no social media. I was, uh, it was 2001. So this was 19 years ago at this point, and there was no conversation. It was not talked about in schools. Oh, sorry, I just hit my headphone. Um, It was not talked about amongst peers or friends or teachers or anything. It wasn't talked about in health class. This wasn't a conversation yet. So back then, I felt very, very alone, and I felt like I was 
weird and crazy and um, just very, very isolated and different because I had these things. So that's kind of why I like being able to talk about it now in a, you know, in this kind of setting because I just think of my third grade self and, and how I wish I could listen to something like this just to make me feel less alone in my own mental health situation, you know. So I hope this this provides that for you. And thank you guys for listening. Again, as always, if you have any topics you'd like me to delve into, I'd love to hear them. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to rate five stars and write a little review, I would really appreciate it. Um, and subscribe. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you guys next week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wear a fucking mask. And uh, yeah, see you guys soon. Bye.